This is Lovely Hurling, brought to you in association with Zest Active, your daily super supplement. Get it back to Dan Shanahan. Shanahan in front of the goal, puts it over the bar. Welcome back to episode 7 of Lovely Hurling in association with Zest Active. I'm Anthony Nash and with me as always is Dan Deman Shanahan. We have two big news stories for you this week. And so we start off with a good one and that's it. We've reached number 8 in the Apple podcast charts, which was uh, great for the two of us to hear and see. Um, so I'd just like to thank everyone that subscribed and listened in and everything like that. And uh, geez, it was a lovely boost for us, Dan, wasn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable, boy. Um, when the lads passed on information last night, it was... Unreal, um, just goes to show we've been listening to, like, you know, and our opinions are valued, which is very it's brilliant. Our friends and colleagues and ex-colleagues logging on, whatever they do, to, to listen to us is fantastic. Yeah, no, so thanks again. And fairness to Evan and Andrew in the background as well, working hard with us and keeping us on the straight and narrow as well. So, look, again, thanks a million. And for anyone that has listened in, you might recommend it to a friend and hopefully we'll keep entertaining I suppose the second and probably bigger news story for everyone else is um, the retirement of Joe Canning. Um, Joe apparently retired in the dressing room after the game. It wasn't kind of confirmed until yesterday. Huge news story, really, for the GA as he's been one of the, the icons and the kind of leading lights for the GA over the years. And, um, you know, so fair play to Joe. And he broke the record on, on Saturday as well by uh, beating Joe or Henry Shefflin, um, scoring record. So then a serious operator and a great ambassador for the game. Unbelievable, Anthony. Um, I said, kept broken in the dressing room. I was reading a bit this morning in one of the papers and... Credit to the players, they didn't open them out to the management, but they left Joe come out during the week to do it. What a fantastic ambassador to Galway Holding. He's done it all, Anthony. He's been a massive player. The pressure he was under in games to, to win games for Galway, the pressure on his shoulders to perform for Galway in big games was unreal for his club, Port Tumna, for his family. Like, you know, what an occasion. I think he rang his man, was on the phone, his dad was there, his brother was there last weekend at the match, and he announced it to them first. and you know, one occasion to go, I guarantee his parents were, were, were very emotional because what, what he's been through to get there, like, you know, and they've backed him all the ways with injuries and maybe stuff that don't, we don't see off the field that happens to the great people like Joe, like, again, but um, what a man. Credit to him and credit to the performance he put up over the years, Anthony. He was absolutely immense for Galway. Yeah, I know, he's brilliant fairness. Like, he's been kind of under pressure since... And he was the club club all Ireland against Newtown, and even two thousand and eight, he got two twelve off there with O'Sullivan. I was obviously it was a sub at the game. Um, the goal he got, and the, the one moment for me that kind of summed up his whole career was the goal against Kilkenny. I think it was the Leinster final. The ball came in over his head on the run. So, like for anyone who doesn't understand it, like the difficulty in the catch, let alone the finish, the ball was coming over his shoulder from distance, and next thing he just caught it and on the swivel straight away, barely passed on Murphy. Like you know, it was um, a great, great goal. He was willing to mind himself as well, Daniel. A kind of a story there. He, we played and uh, he fouled Brian Murphy in a match, you know, and it was ghastly. Joe was willing to mind himself for people that didn't know that he was he was a good, strong boy. But uh, so I kind of got a little bit eager in myself and came running out of the goal, not realizing the size of Joe Canning until I got closer. So there was a bit of a schmazzle inside, and of course, being the small fly, I got in underneath everyone and started giving a few jersey punches, cashing the jersey and throwing a few digs. But 
Little did I know Joe's cuteness. He caught my face guard and the ref wasn't looking and put his three or four fingers inside my face guard and maybe rattled my two front teeth to the back of my throat. So he was well able to mind himself as well. But uh, but he's he's a great player, like, you know, and like just on that, like, you know, I was kind of saying that when an opposition have a forward that is, you know, the likes of yourself, John Milan, Owen Kelly, all Paul Finn for Waterford, and then you had Owen Kelly for Tipperary, Joe Canning for Galway, you know, defenders would be giving you the extra bit of treatment, but did you ever have a situation where one defender was giving you kind of a, an extra bit of uh, an extra bit of digging or whatever? I suppose you, you definitely would, especially against Kenny. I have to admire Joe as you want to put a swivel goal there. It's so hard to explain. And if you watch it on YouTube, he Joey Holden and Jackie Terrell to catch the ball on the swivel and finish the way he finished. I don't think there's any other player now. And I got a few goals in my time myself. Could do that. I couldn't do that. Yeah, because I would have caught it, maybe came back out and, and, and try and finish it in. But Joe just did it on the swivel. And to be here talking about it and trying to explain it is so hard. And for it, watch it, the way he done it, a class act. You would get attention at me, to be honest with you, over the years, the Kilkenny lads. And again, watching Joe there, he seemed to perform so well against Kilkenny in big days where I, I, I really didn't, or maybe... If I did, one of the other lads didn't. If no one's wanted, Milan didn't or Kelly didn't. Like, you know, he seemed to do it all the time against Kilkenny. And that takes me, especially when you're the calibre defenders, that another occasion he caught a ball in the square. And Jackie Terrell was coming across to take him out, man in hand, caught it and buried it. Do you know? But I will certainly, to, to the, the club hurling in Galway would have been noted to be tough hurling up there. And there was instances where Joe maybe wasn't going to play as over the years. And, Marking different players in club hurling. I think he would have learned hard way when he started jumping yeah. Yeah, yeah. up there in, in, against Lockray and other teams. That, Lockray, yeah. yeah. There was issues there that, that he wasn't going to play the after. But club hurling, I thought, taught him young to defend himself, to, bat, to stand up for himself. Like, you know, and let's not forget, he was, he was a big man too that was able to look after himself. That's powerful. And so um, I've no doubt he, he, his upbringing in Galloway and his, his club hurling really set it up for the inter-county hurling and how to mind yourself and how to look after yourself on the field. But again, some of the scores he got over the years were phenomenal. I think I was reading there that his biggest game that he played in was actually in Turles, 2018 v. Clare in the Ireland semi-final. He said the atmosphere, he would, he would have been so used to watching Munster final games, biggest game, but he felt the hair at the back of his neck standing that day. We know he got eight points, but his his performance with that day was unbelievable, Anthony. But the way he said that Munster playing in Turles, you'd have thought 17 or Ireland final or all our games against Kilkenny were his highlight, but the game against Clare was one of his biggest highlights in Torres Pack Stadium. So it was good to hear yeah. that. Like, it, it wasn't Torres, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, well avoided on the dirty hurling question, Dan. You were dirty, to be fair, if anyone's <laughs> listening in, right? You were well able to mind yourself as well. Fair, but, uh, all right. But it was well avoided. Well done, I must say. But but the one thing is that, like, I, again, look, just to go back and I know we're talking about the one score, and Joe has got multiple and multiple scores. It reminded me of cricket a little bit, like, you know, when a fellow or baseball, and a fellow's running away from the ball and everything like that, and they just took it over the shoulder. And, it, like, for anyone that's listening in, if they want to just try it in a smaller environment, if you would doubt your back garden and threw the ball over your head while running. Jeez, it, it, it was, um, and as you said, to have the calibre pair, and by God, Jackie Terrell would have laid him out and say if he got the opportunity as well. Like, so to have the fear of someone about to kill you and to finish it like that was, was absolutely top class, yeah. The, the fact that the ball was coming so long in the air as well that he had to keep his eye on the ball, the way he caught it, swivelled and finished. Yeah. Like it's we're on about Kyle Hayes' goal last week. Do you know they ran into the field? Like you know, if Brendan Maher had taken him out, he wouldn't have got the goal. But this is just another class above that as well, or it's equal to it. If I'm being honest with you, like you know, from from getting goals, the way he finished the ball on the swivel, 
that's only one ago. He got 27 goals. We could be here talking about his 27 goals. And, 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 you know what I mean? Granted, there was one or two penalties, freeze, etc., etc. Had to be put in the net. But from play, some of the goals he got against Kilkenny were absolutely awesome. Do you know, absolutely awesome. Yeah. No, no, no. He was a serious operator, in fairness to him. And just to kind of just change the subject on that, and just because you brought it up, we were lucky then to be in Munster, weren't we, with the whole crowds and everything like that, the atmospheres for Munster finals and Munster semi-finals, even first rounds, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Oh, unbelievable, yeah. So, so I suppose Joe starting with us when they went into Leinster, like, you know, they brought the crowds up there, God, we going into Leinster, but, Jesus, Anthony, like, you know, even the atmosphere last weekend with only 4,500 people, yeah, it was unbelievable, but imagine that, with, it was, I was having to play games in Cork and, Tip in, in the old parking queue, as I call it now, and to have 45, 50,000 people queuing going in there in the atmosphere at the union. Just stuff you dream of. I don't know will it ever happen again. I think all Ireland final day, you'll get your sell out. But the way things are now with COVID restrictions and stuff, you won't be selling semi finals or big monster days. You'll have great atmosphere at the games. Don't be around. Great atmosphere before the games. Because of the summer holiday this year, the atmosphere is better again because of the weather was good last weekend. God, I thought the Waterford crowd the last year were unbelievable then, weren't they? Jesus, like, in fairness, it was like, as you said, there was probably only half, four and a half thousand at the game the last day, but my God, when Waterford got a run in the game, they absolutely lit up the stadium and the noise and everything like that, like, and I suppose for a lot of people, they were delighted to hear the crowd overshadow our commentary and yeah, on either side of the show, I'd say, <laughs> but they were, it was absolutely unbelievable, like, in fairness, with, with the small numbers, like. I couldn't get over that, I was looking across, and uh, I could see lads coming down the steps, running to the barrier, shouting, if, if there was 30,000, you wouldn't be able to do that because you'd be left leave your seat because of the restrictions. Like, of course, would I love to see more people there? You're damn right I would for the, for the hurling, for the J, for everything like that. I'd love to see more people, especially kids going to these games where a lot of kids are at the games now and they're the future. Do you know? They're the, they're, they are the future. Kids going to games, watching the games, watching their heroes playing and one day, please God, go out and tell us and, and replicate what even with Jamie Barnes' interview after the match by, from Sky, the amount of people around them down by the asylum is unbelievable, like, which is great to see your hero, your, your, your hero being interviewed. And, you know, the way, the way the credit G, you have to credit G, sometimes we're good to knock them, but again, to get the four and a half from 500 up to, up to four and a half thousand was, was a great move from, from the G and, 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 uh, and the powers that had to be. Yeah. So just to wrap up part one of the show, we just on behalf of myself and Dan, I suppose, look, Dan, in fairness, we, we, we can't speak highly enough of Joe on the field and everything like that and how good he was. And uh, I suppose he's going to have a big lead in the GA in the future. Uh, look, for my own personal thing, I thought he I thought he was um, going to hold off until the winter. I think we're kind of both kind of agreement that Shane Neal might be under pressure over the winter and that someone might have come in and maybe twisted his arm to go again. But he seems to have made a decision um, peacefully and happily. So I suppose, look, all we can do is wish him the best of luck and, you never know, he might line up in Galway somewhere next year if, uh, if if the new manager comes in and twists his arm. But but a great career and, uh, as you said earlier, under pressure from the age of probably about 18, 17 is the, the next great wonder and he fulfilled everything like that. So, look, Unbe- Unbelievable, Anthony. One thing I would say about Joe, he, I just, I re- he, he wasn't about winning the Ireland. I just read it there lately. He said he was on about getting better and better as a player. He did quote one or two lads, Milan and, and Kim McGrath, his own brother, have never won an Ireland, but that doesn't make them bad holders. And he got his Ireland, he said, well, it was, it was always to make himself better and Galway better, like you know. And if he didn't win the Ireland, he said he would have been just as happy. And I, I admire that now. I admire that because other people would be saying this and that, but I admire Joe for that. He switches off from what I read uh, when he go when he gives up the hurling when he finishes with the club. He go back to his club but when he goes finish with Galway. He switches off and does his own thing, like you know, has got a bit of shit in pubs after games and stuff like that. We all do that. We all get the smart arse that will come up and say this to you. 
you've never won in All Ireland. Uh, up the rebels are up, up this or up that and like that. Like you know, but you have to take that. They're, they're, they're the stuff you have to deal with. Like when, when you go to these these matches, even next 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 weekend, going to the game, they're going to get one or two smart asses. But that's 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 life, that's sport. But congratulate Joe, congratulate Joe on his career. What a career! Credit he's gone back to his club for the next number of years and give Port Tumna. The, the bit of extra time he has, because he's only 32, so he did be delighted in Port Tumna. His young, own young lad's coming through there. Um, best look to Joe and, and the future, and I wish him the very best. Yeah, yeah, it's a sign of the game too, I think, that a 32-year-old retiring, like I think it's just the way it's going to go with the pace, the fitness and everything. I think it's going to be a bit difficult for lads to prolong their career until the mid-30s with the way the game has gone, in fairness. But um, but yeah, look, I'd agree, and uh, look just on behalf of the show and lovely hurling, we'd like to wish, um, wish Joe all the best in the future. So, that's the that's part one wrapped up. So what we're going to do in the second half of the show is we're going to preview the weekend. We're going to talk about Waterford and Tip and uh, Dublin and Cork. So we'll see you after the break. You're listening to Lovely Hurling, association with Zest Active. Hey, welcome back to part two of Lovely Hurling in association with Zest Active. Again, I'm Anthony Nash. With me is Dan Devan Shanahan. So we're just going to discuss and preview this weekend's uh, action with two cracking games that are going to define um, the whole season for two teams. But just an aside note quickly then, and I forgot to mention it earlier, was uh, Pat Ryan again last night. So it's weird in success that they just finished out of the final about a couple of weeks back. And next thing, all of a sudden, they're winning Munster again last night. And just on the Cork side of it, I don't think... Well, I, was, I was actually watching the match with one of my friends last night who was involved with that team growing up. And I don't think that team has won Munster or won any of uh, any achievement or any medals or anything like that at any age. And the way up now might be corrected, but uh, and then they go on to win a Munster under twenty. And I don't think it's um, I don't think it's any coincidence that Pat Ryan is at the helm. But a uh, great win again for Cork last night. Yeah, would you believe it, Andy? I didn't see the game. I was actually watching a league final through a hedge in Fratterfield. Um, so it was, if I'm being honest, which I didn't see it, but I read a report in, in the Examiner this morning. Again, what a what a what a man Pat Ryan has done to turn around. Um, they've won the minor two during the week or under 17s with four long, I think. And, and credit one for two who they're meeting in the Munster final. One when 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 uh, they are under 17 tie two Anthony for the first time since 14 were in Munster final. So um, it's brilliant for us down here to offer a great great win against Tipperary during during the week. So we play cock. We know how good cock they've been. Cock Hollings on the high Anthony at the moment. Absolute high. It's only a matter of time if you can bring these players to bring these players through. Whoever whoever it is, whether it's Pat Ryan or whether it's Kieran Kingston, whoever it is, that Corning Cork is on a high. But I can see from from the Warford side there's some good young fellas coming through as well. I'm happy to happy to, to see that in Warford. Yeah. It's important too for the ball counties. I said like it was just that as I said earlier, I think one of the shows of how like we I pat him seventeen as a coach, like you know, and He's involved in previous years. Geez, he was exceptional and to do what he's doing and I can just see his, his imprint in the hurling. But you know, look, it was great for, for both Waterford and Cork and then obviously the once the minor final, uh, hopefully a little Cork victory against Waterford, as you said then. Fair play to you. Uh, <laughs> so the weekend upcoming, right? We'll go on the order of the game. So the first one at half one, I think, in Parky Keeve is Tip and Waterford. So obviously you have a bit of a insight into the Waterford side of things. How do you think it's going to go? It seems to be like two contrasting styles. Tip's kind of doyle, strength, skill, Versus Waterford's intensity, ferocity, and pace. Yeah, it's going to be. Look, at this time last week, I think Waterford had a great chance. They still have a chance. It's a 50 50 game for me, Anthony, I think. Um, how will Liam Sheedy, how will he go about stopping the runners of Waterford? What will he do? It's going to be interesting. He didn't do it in the league, Anthony. It was on the radio for the league, local radio down there. I was looking enough to see the game again. And Waterford went through him without Jamie Barron. So, 
want to have Jamie Barron obviously next weekend uh, obviously Conor Leeson we'll talk about in a minute has up but it's going to be intriguing how Tipperary are going to stop the lads from running because if they can get a hold of that they have a chance and a good chance Tipper performance in the first half against Limerick was unbelievable let's be honest about it it was one of the best shows but their second half they didn't live up to what they, they should have but again they're sure what they're capable of doing but uh, it's going to be intriguing how Liam Sheedy is going to stop the likes of Barron Caleb Lyons Shane Bennett centre back coming off the shoulder does one of McGrath's going? Does he have the legs to stay with him there? Does Jake Morris go to centre forward to stop this? So it's going to be intriguing. And the two, you have the two Liam Sheedy's on the line. Do you know, I guarantee you, Liam, she- <laughs> Liam Sheedy won't want to be beaten by Liam, Liam Cal. Do you know, a tip man beating a tip man. So it's going to be a massive bat line. Two high emotional lads on the line, too. We saw Cal last week, Sheedy, the week, two weeks previous to that, like you know. So again, that needs. For me, it's a 50 50 game, like you know. And I can't wait. I can't wait for Saturday, to be honest. Yeah, in fairness, I think yeah, it is fifty-fifty, and I think anything can happen. Like Jesus, like you got, like you mentioned there, Jamie Barron and Caleb Lyons. Like you know, again, uh, we were both lucky to be at the bash last day. Like uh, someone put up uh, Jamie Jamie Barron is the Ingola Cante of hurling. Like you know, he's just absolutely everywhere. Like you know, and I, I watched an incident where, so towards the end of the game, oh, I remember like still the heat and everything like that. He was after being on his own D. And in about uh, uh, less than 30 seconds later, he was in the opposition D. And again, 30 seconds later, he was back in his own D. And he was just flat out for the whole lot of it, like, you know. And, like, it just shows the, like, I don't know what the man does. I just, I don't know how fit he is, how he gets himself so fit. But then off his shoulders, you said, you have Caleb Lyons flying up the wing. You know, like, every time Jamie's on the ball, he seems to be right half back. And I thought against Claire then that he, it was the one thing, like, you could talk about, like, obviously, tied to Borka, probably, they're all huge losses. But against Claire, when, um, Liam decided to put him on Tony Kelly. It took a massive offensive threat away from Waterford. And, and I know it's weird to say that you're taking an offensive threat away with a back, but like him at wing back, like, I'm, unfortunately, I experienced it the tough way last year. I bait Puckles down his throat in last year's Winter Championship, and mother of God, he cleaned me out. Like he was just this exceptional hurler. And, and like, like where, where did he come from? Like, because even like I know in Waterford he might have been piped up, but I never heard of him like too much as an opposition player until last year. He would come on the scene. He's still a young man, very young. He would come on with us from Seven Derrick there, Anthony, and um, I think he hurt his collarbone and, and, and came off the panel again. But he comes from Barryduff Lower Club. It's, a, it's an intermediate club, great club down there. His father would have won county titles with Bally Gunner, Sean. I would have marked him a few times. Proper, he's in charge of Barryduff Lower. I think this year, proper man, proper athletes, proper. What I know is about Caleb Lyons, Anthony, is his dedication. He wants to get better. When you have players such a young age want to get better, that, that, that are dedicating their lives to get better, they, they, he's one of them. He's a, I, I have no doubt a dream to coach because he'll just listen and learn. And when you have that, just on, just on Barron, from what I heard, his GPS on the back was off the radar. It was absolutely off the, off the radar. I can assure you that, Andy. I don't know what he did, but I know it. The, the lads that look after these oh, GPSs. Like, I, I, I've seen, I, I've seen like, like the big thing for me, people don't talk about with Tony Kelly's fitness. I think Tony Kelly is, is one of the fittest players I've seen as well, right? He's all over the field. But what I saw of Jamie Barron the last day, like you actually, like when you're above in the commentary box, you know, then you see the whole field, right? And like if you turned your head one way, he was there. And if you turned it the other way, he was there. I would say I, it'd be, I hope Waterford at the end of the season when everything's over, release that information because like the man was, it, it was crazy what he did. Like he literally, at times, single-handedly, you know, made a defensive tackle, turned around, got the ball, ran up the field, gave it off. And I think, like, look, he's not underrated. Everyone knows in Ireland how good he is. But I don't know if he talked about highly enough. Then I just thought, I thought his performance was the last day. And and for the last few years, he's he's just an absolute engine. And teams worry about him. 
Teams go to man mark him now, you know, in middle of the field. Well, I tell you, he, I saw him in the gym when he was injured and, and the stuff he was doing to get better was unreal. I was in the gym yesterday and I saw young Neil Montgomery. He was doing presses with a 20 kg hanging off him. Do you know, it was unbelievable what they do to the level of fitness you have to get to know. That's why I got heavier, 20 kg hanging around my belly now. Like, so when I'm doing the push-ups out, they're a little bit harder. Like, you know, I wouldn't need it on the back anymore since I retired. <laughs> That's why I don't try them things they're trying at me because I, there's no way i do that. Because, but again, it's just the level of fitness the lads are at. Baron is, to me, he's been man-marking. I think Limerick did it to, to, to a very good extent last year in the Munster final and the Ireland final where they put where I don't know who on him. And he, he kind of curbed Jamie a bit. So I think, will Liam Sheedy do it? I don't know, Anthony. But there's so many. Stephen Bennett has stood up to the mark again, Anthony. Your man didn't score last week. Desi Hutchinson. But if you were watching the way I was watching, the runs he made inside, absolutely awesome. He was awesome. awesome. I, I, I had the opportunity to nominate the man of the match the last day for Sky. Um, and I had Jamie Barron and Caelan Lines. And I tell you, no, he didn't score, but Daisy Hutchinson was up there for me. If, if, for anyone that didn't see it, like the effort. like And you see him cramping in the 60-something minutes. And the simple reason was... He was making selfless runs for the whole game, and that's a great sign of a of a player. Dahi Burke didn't know what to do. His man marker didn't know what to do, where he was going. And I just saw it. He's hand pass for Jack Fagan's goal. He won two or three frees. He set up two or three. But but I tell you, he's just he does it for Belly Gunner Anthony. He he destroyed Carl Barrett in the league. He got two goals and two points off and below with that space that was left inside last weekend. So it's going to be intriguing. Will Barrett pick him up? I think he will. I think he get a bit more physical. To an extent, on, on on Daisy, but you look at the Tipperary of Mahers. Is there a kick in him? I, I think thirty two is a lovely. TJ's thirty four. He's able to keep going. There is a kick in Tip Anthony. I do think these Mahers are going to be hurting from the defeat um, from the last day, two weeks in a row for Waterford Anthony. So there's a lot of questions. I can't wait to have a chat next week and we see to be called it right. But I think the fifty fifty. If Waterford play like they did last week, they'll win the game as simple as that. Tip can allow Waterford to run at him. Um, another big one Anthony, is the Puckles. Puckouts are massive the weekend. Absolutely massive. So they are. So look. Yeah, yeah look, the are always important, Danny, as I said, like, you know, to, to the goalies are always the dictators. Fair play to you again, like you always for the compliments. I need to get a few compliments back into goalies now after Darrow O'Brien and Johnny Pilkington. But anyway, Jesus Christ. But uh, no, look, I was accused on, on Twitter, as I said, I was trolled on Twitter for a Waterford lady saying that my biasness towards Galway in the last game against Sky. I think I have to build the Waterford up enough now, so hopefully she listens into the show and sends me a tweet of apology to talk about how much I love Waterford hurling, all right? But uh, I, I do think it's going to be interesting. I don't know, do Tipperary have the, like we're talking about man marking this, that, and the other? Like, I wonder, will Liam Sheedy pick a team, a kind of a lighter, faster, fitter team in positions to kind of deal with Waterford? But I, I look, come here, I'm a massive fan of the Matters, especially Brendan, I think. Uh, one of the if, if I look to be honest, I'd have him in my best all time fifteen any day because of playing against him unfortunately. But so I do agree with you. I think it's fifty fifty. It's going to be an unbelievable game of hurling. I think it could go any which way. Um, to two contrasting styles. And as you said earlier, Dan, hopefully an old tip win as you said, fair play. So um, that's Dan predicting. That's Dan predicting Tipperary to win on Saturday, no way, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll move on to the. <laughs> The lads of Bellamy McCarbury and Carrigan kill me to Warford side, so they would. So I can't have to do for any No way, I'm going for Warford. <laughs> so the next game then on the evening, Dan, is obviously, look, uh, I suppose frustration from Dublin, right? They showed how good they were against Galway, but then I suppose Galway showed against Waterford uh, since that they're just a little bit flat at times this year for whatever reason. So we're all kind of sitting here wondering how good Dublin are at the moment. Um, unfortunately, with the COVID cases in the Leinster final, they didn't get an opportunity to kind of express themselves and prove to everyone. I suppose Colin Keeney came out and stated that 
if it was a Kilkenny jersey or a, what you call it, a Cork jersey, a Watford jersey, they put in the performance they did against Galway, they'd be raving about him. But when it's a Dublin jersey, and I think it was Ryan O'Dwyer or someone said a poor relation of the Dublin footballers, people just said, look, it was a one-hit wonder. Cork on the other side are coming good in my eyes, Dan. I think that they've got absolute um, confidence in their game plan uh, to show the last against Clare for the most part. I know it was a kind of an interesting finish, but they were up 30 minutes at the time. What do you think, Saturday night? Yeah, it's. Oh, I, I think Anthony Cork, Cork are going to win this game. I'll be honest with you, I'm going to say it straight. Um, I think they have a bit too much hurling for Dublin. Now, uh, I'm not underestimating or disrespecting Dublin like that or anything like that. Like, some people do. I know where they're coming from. Them holders up there in Dublin are great lads. They're missing three or four lads, especially on a Don fullback who's key. Let's be honest, who's key. If he's playing, he'll pick up Horgan. He will pick up Horgan. Like, you know, and he seems to go well on Horgan. Maybe from the past, you'll know, you'll know more about Anthony. But again, his key to Dublin is on a Don. They're a fantastic bunch of lads. When you're missing four lads against a Kilkenny team, Anthony, it's so late in the week, it's very hard prepared. They will be prepared for this game. It won't be as easy as some people may think, I think they'll rattle Cork, but again, I just think they have too much hurling. Cork are on the wave, as you said, the underage is going well. Two monsters in one year, question for a, a quiz in two or three years' time. Um, but again, it, it's Cork's dominance, their forward play, their movement, their speed, the subs they bring on are, are lightning fast. Downey, will Callan be back? I don't know. Um, I doubt it, I presume. But again, Cork are on the wave, and when Cork are on the wave and playing with confidence, they're hard to beat. So they are. Uh, if Limerick, or sorry, if Tip do beat Warford, they'd avoid Limerick. Do you know? So there's a lot of pluses. Do you know? Tip will see that too. Whatever we're on about the Cork game, if Dublin win again, and it, 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 it's Dublin could win this game, but I just think Cork have too much on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. Like, and it's not like, and for people that are listening, we're not knocking Dublin hurling in any way. Like, I think that, I actually think the GN, especially hurling, need Dublin hurlers to come good. Um, on a consistent basis, I thought Matty Kenny's uh, has been a, a breath of fresh air up there, and I was on the sideline when they beat um, when they beat Do- uh, Galway, and the emotion, you know, I think I said it on the show earlier in one of the episodes that like a, a lady ran onto this to this field and Matty Kenny was in tears and she was in tears after such a tough week in Galway or in uh, Dublin and even in Galway with his own family, like, but like it was just you know the passion is there. He seems to be an absolute gentleman, um, and the players seem to be playing for him, you know, and. It's just, I just wonder, is it a bridge too far? Like, we played them last year in the winter, and um, it was good for about 30, 35 minutes, and we kind of got a little run, and then it pulled away. But I just think it's, it, uh, for me, and it's not being a Cork person, and just a, I just think from, even from the outside, I think just Cork will have a little bit too much too much for them. But I, I look, I, they have an awesome half-hour lane in Dublin. Like, they've got Danny Sutcliffe, they've got um, Donald Burke, and they've got uh, Chris Crummy, like, you know, and like, you'd go far afield to find a better half-hour lane than that. Like, But I just think that, if Owen O'Donnell is out, it creates another headache for them. Uh, like in Watford with, with Connor Gleeson, like, you know, one of your best man markers has gone from the game. You have to get someone else and, you know, but, but I, I agree with you then. I think the Cork will just have that little bit, that little bit, um, too much punch for him. Yeah. If Dublin are to win it, they'll have to, they'll have to perform better than they did in Scotland, but they'll have to go bring the physicality they can bring. I see these guys looking enough with Derek again in Watford. I see these guys, they're big, powerful athletes that are able to hold. Hayes could be back, but he'll suit. Probably Rod Downey if he's full back if you know I'm saying that. So he'll mix it. They'll mix away there. But you said a half forward line for Dublin is as good as half forward line as in the country. That's the respect I have for Dublin holding. And there's some great, great holders up there. They will come. They're competing underage. They're getting the final as well. And let's not forget that under 20s, minors are underage 17 the way it is now. Um, but again, they'll want it all. But I just think the slickiness of Cork could trouble the Dublin defence the weekend. Like, you know, but 
Hamley on a high note, Hogan is back to his best. Whoever questioned him, I don't know about that, but um, do you know, they have other lads that come on. Luke Connolly again came on, Barrett, the, the names go on at me like a no one's. Yeah, to be fair to Alan Connolly and Shane Barrett, they're, um, they're huge um, additions. Like They both came into the panel last year and like they're both going to be fantastic hurlers, but just watch the space with Shane Barrett. I think he is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I think they're minding him at the moment, bringing him on as a sub. No, he could start the weekend. I think Downey is going to start. Like you know, he can't let him go after last week. Damien's under a slight bit of pressure. He had his appendix removed, so I don't think a week and a half is enough for a fella to come back straight into contact and stuff. And um, but I think that Downey coming in shored up the defense again the last day and showed it. Like even if Damien does come back, they might release him elsewhere. But I just think, yeah, I think look as you said, and just the, the kind of the knock-ons and that if Tip do win. Cork play, Cork will play um, Limerick. Um, if Waterford win, uh, Cork will play Kilkenny. And obviously Dublin, if they win, they've got um, they've got the uh, Limerick and on the semi final side in as well. So, so look, it's an interesting weekend. It's going to set up the year for for um, for for what you call it for the semi finals and set up uh, intriguing events. But so just to call the two of them, then you're you're we're both you're saying Waterford and Cork, obviously. I said it last week, Anthony Warford and Cork are not in change. They're going to say it this week, Warford and Cork again to, to progress to the semi finals. But again, I will say, Anthony, Conor Gleeson is a humongous loss to Warford. Yeah, As massive. Then, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he would have picked up Bubbles Dwyer um, or Jason Ford for that matter, who we didn't, who we didn't mention, and um, who picked up eight points in the first half. He's having some season, Jason Ford, isn't he? Unbelievable, unbelievable, Anthony. If we just didn't mention him there a minute ago, but that's the firepower tip have. I think Liam will stick with his, his older guns, Anthony, I'll be honest with you. But again, it's, it's going to be intriguing, but I'm going to go Cork and Warford, Anthony, just on the basis of the, of the momentum from the previous from previous week's game as well, like, you know, and roll on um, the semi-finals. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting, right? I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of team that Liam Sheedy goes with, I think is a big thing for me, whether he sticks or twists. Like, if he sticks with his guys, like, did Ferris no better team to get it up for Liam Sheedy? They're absolutely always fired up for him, like, and vice versa. Liam has always looked after his boys, as they know, and as... So it'll be a great, great weekend of hurling. So, so look, we'll leave it at that for today again. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Um, uh, if you haven't tuned in already, it's well worth to listen to Darrell Breen's uh, interview, which I would say was the other way around. He more presented the show and interviewed myself and Dan. So it was, it was a fairly tiring and enjoyable experience. But uh, what an absolute gentleman. And uh, I have pains in my cheeks for a day and a half after from laughing at the man. So he's, uh, he's in the right profession and in fairness to him. So... So look, again, thanks very much to uh, Zest Active for our sponsors and for 117 a day, you get your daily super supplement. We'll be back next Tuesday with Tomas O'Leary, the rugby star slash hurling star. He would have been my captain as a minor a minor hurler and decided to go further afield and represent Ireland in rugby. So he's coming on next Tuesday. I'm sure he'll have an interesting side into the Lions and uh, his own hurling career and why he decided to pick the wrong sport. So uh, tune in again and we'll, we'll, we'll hear you next Tuesday. Thanks very much. I'll get it back to Dan Shanahan. Shanahan in front of the ball, puts it over the bar.